ಸ್ಥಿರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ತುಷ್ಟುಭಾಗಂಸ್ತನೂಸ್ತಿನಸ್ತಾಕ್ಷ್ಯೋರಿಷ್ಟನೇಮಿ
nididhyasanam or contemplation. And so in certain other Upanishads you find that the contemplative part comes after the teaching because that is how the, the whole thing proceeds. First shravanam, listening and then you know if, if that does not produce the knowledge, I mean there is no reason it should not produce the knowledge. It will produce the knowledge but the, let's say the knowledge is inhibited because shravanam is the only sadhana, only means for gaining this knowledge. A fact that is going to be underscored in the ninth and the tenth verses, the mantras in this very Upanishad. So, Shravanam is the only way to gain this knowledge that we have seen. And uh, so, but the Shravanam, the person uh, feels that the Shravanam is not producing the knowledge. It's not that it is not producing the knowledge, there's nothing to produce. It's not removing the ignorance if someone feels. That means we have to go back to the basics. Go back to the scratch, you know, start from scratch. What is the scratch here? You know, the itch is due to ragadveshas. So, the unprepared mind or rather the half prepared mind. You know, totally unprepared means the person will not even flit near the Vedanta classes. You know, or they will register for the course and as the course, uh, you know, unfolds, you know, they fold up shop, you know, like we see the, you know, uh, the attendance declining, we can see that. But, the, you know, as I said, mentioned, uh, you know, there is uh, 111 people registered. But what happens, the, the, the preparation is less, that's what it is. So then there is a way, something always comes in the way. And when things come in the way, you know, you just, this goes out of the way, out of the purview, per out of sight. This goes out of sight of the regular uh, list of pursuits. Why? Because the mind is not prepared to know the value of what this really can mean for me. It's not that the person doesn't want to be free. It's not that the person doesn't care. It's that there are too many inhibitions, inhibitive factors, pratibandhakas, coming in the way of the pursuit of knowledge, which is why one has to be prayerful because the mind is a very, you know, uh, a very wily thing. You know, one day it says yes, another day it says no. And we cannot follow the mind. And so therefore, the contemplation is given at the end because the person has uh, done shravanam. It's not that they stopped attending the classes. They have attended the classes, still they feel that there is a difference between their behavior and, you know, what they know. There is a gap. And for that, if, if there are any inhibitions, it could be for two reasons. It could be there is a shanka. Shanka means a doubt about what is that that I am pursuing. So that doubt is removed through mananam, through asking questions in the class and through also just, uh, you know, thinking about the text when one is by oneself. So the doubt removal is an important process. If one feels that shravanam is not enough to take care of the ignorance. Shravanam should be enough to take care of the ignorance, but if one feels something is lacking, then this process of doubt removal called mananam is advised. Then after mananam what? Still there is this feeling, you know. I know I am Brahman, but I am getting angry. I know I am Brahman, but I feel like hoarding more things for myself. I know I am Brahman, but I am still feeling insecure. So there is a difference between what I know and it's and if I know I am Brahman, I should behave like Brahman does, you know, satyam, jnanam, anantam, avyaktam, achintyam, you know, and all this, bhuta yonim, I am the source of everything, all these things that we are reading about, I should, my behavior should be exactly in line with what the Shastra reveals. So either the Shastra is wrong or something is missing. Shastra cannot be wrong, that is the view of the, you know, that is why I studied the Shastra because it is infallible. Teaching cannot be wrong. And if the teaching is not wrong, okay, maybe teacher did not teach properly, okay, let us even take that. Teacher did not teach properly, then what? You either go back to Shravanam with another teacher, if that is the case, or you do what is called Nididhyasanam. Nididhyasanam means you keep seeing the meaning of the words of the Shastra repeatedly until you embody it more and more. So it's not that you don't know. You keep chewing the Upanishadic cud. 
like the cow in the field which eats very quickly because the cow doesn't know how long it is on the pasture you know it doesn't have any sense of time it's hungry all night it has been you know tied up in the stables and then you know they it is taken to water and it is taken to the pasture and it is let loose in the pasture it just eats 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 like the hungry student who was waiting for this knowledge for many lifetimes bound in the notion you know stably bound in the notion i am finite and having a cow about this that or the other <laughs> so this student is set free into the pasture of vedanta where the shruti and the smriti are the flowing rivers and here you know the the and and the grass is the upanishad and and feeds off the juice of the wheat grass and understands raso vaisah rasagheva yam labdhvanandi bhavati so this upanishad juice which is the wheat grass juice here in the example takes in this ingests this and finds out that this is i am this essence of the very essence of everything i am what i thought i was i thought i was nirasaha nirasaha means you know you know dried out dehydrated piece of something i thought i was but uh, you know because all my life experiences were dehydrated my you know life was routinized everything was just going awry and here i have been rehydrated not by some external source of rehydration but by re understanding my own nature by allowing that myself to blossom you know sometimes they have i don't know if they have it in here uh, uh, in this country but in india you can get these things made of uh, bamboo pith they will cut it into little flowers and you know and this is for children to play and uh, you don't you can it's so tiny you cannot see that it's in the shape of a flower what you have to do is put some sprinkle some water sprinkle or submerge it in a little bit of water and then it becomes a lotus because it's been cut in the shape of a lotus and in you know just like that this person thinks that i'm this small bamboo pith like this you know yeah this is a very pithy example so <laughs> so the person thinks i'm a very you know tiny little dried out piece of nothing and i'm so small and i'm not the universe and i'm not the cause of the universe i'm away from the cause i'm away from myself i'm away from ishvara i'm away from my own truth and then what the water of the upanishad revives this person well the ability to revive was all it, it see just like those cut piece of bamboo reveals only what was already there but it was not understood so similarly that blossoming blossoming hrit pundarika the lotus blossoming inside the heart is there it is just not understood for want of knowledge for want of the proper pramana the proper means of knowledge and so sprinkled by the 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 nourished by the you know the the upanishad juice this 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 uh, flower rehydrates and blooms exactly blossoms exactly how it should it's just so beautiful and so like the cow you know e- eagerly and the, it's not that one cannot see the blossoming flower within oneself one sees it but at the same time one has a certain nirasha a hopelessness thinking you know i i should be doing better than this because somehow <laughs> after all these years of vedanta something is not clicking there is a disconnect and so just like the cow after it eats all the grass what does it do it lies down under the shade of the tree sits under the tree and brings out the cud yeah and and regurgitates that and brings it out and chews it more in leisure to extract the nutrients to assimilate the nutrients so similarly the chewing the upanishadic kad is called nididhyasana it's not going to change the blossoming heart it's not going to make it blossom more you're going to believe that yes it is indeed you who is blossoming that's all that disconnect between the knowledge and yourself which going to bring it out a little you know it's going to erase that and bring yourself out to embody and assimilate the knowledge further so it is also quite uh, common for the upanishads to have a 
contemplative section at, at the back, at the end. Why? Because usually the student will need that contemplation unless one is uh, what is called Uttama Adhikari. You know, the Adhikaris, the qualified people, the people with Shama, Dhamma, etc. that we talked about at the beginning, the various qualifications to gain this knowledge. Those kinds of qualified people are divided into three. They are called Adhikaris. Three kinds of Adhikaris are mentioned. One is called Uttama Adhikari. Uttama Adhikari means has to listen to Upanishad once. How many Upanishad? One, not even one. Yeah. And then in the middle has this Eureka experience, you know, like that Archimedes who just had to sit in the bathtub to find out the principle of buoyancy and then madly he ran the streets of uh, Athens uh, shouting that he had found this and he was so excited because he, when he got into the bathtub he realized that he displaced a volume of water and he found out this whole thing you know he just he had a epiphany and so the uttama adhikari you know is very prepared don't ask when was the preparation done either in this life or in the other life it could be that in this life all the qualifications were gained after leading exactly what the shastra says a highly committed life to ishvara a karma yogi life or perhaps it was gained in other lives we don't know but all that is needed is a little spurring of that, you know, of that uh, knowledge that is waiting to happen. A little reminder, a little iteration. And so you call such a Uttama Adhikari and you make the person sit down and say Tattvamasi. And the person says, yippee, wonderful, thank you and leaves and goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are that, you know. Or maybe even you can say the person doesn't know Sanskrit, is from another country. But very prepared. In their own way, they have gained the preparation. Tattvamasi. Oh, that sounds nice. What's that? You are that. What's that? That's the, that means the cause of the universe you are. Oh, thank you very much. And gets up and goes. Maybe needs a translation. So where are such adhikaris located? Kutra. Where are they? You know? They are only in Upanishads, <laughs> as an example to others, <laughs> you know, as an example to others. So that we can, be, because if we have divided something into three, there should be, you know, people to fill the, uh, fill the bl uh, blanks of uh, all the categories. You have to fill in the blanks for every category. So such people are there. One such person is Satyakama. Satyakama of the Chandogya Upanishad, who comes in two different chapters, very interesting chap, goes, wants to go to the Gurukula. In the first one instance we study, he wants to go to the Gurukula and study. But he doesn't know who his father is. Single mother, he doesn't know who the father is. And being a patriarchal tradition, he has to go and recite the whole lineage, including his father and everything. He doesn't know the name of the father also. He's just been playing around and only the mother is around. So he doesn't know. So he goes to the mother and says, You know, Mother, Mother, Oh Mother, please tell me. Tell me who my father is because I'm planning to study and I'm going to be eight years old. I want to join the Gurukula. Please tell me who my father is. And she says, We don't know who your father is. The truth of the matter is this, that we don't know who your father is. I was working as a domestic help in many, many houses. We don't know who your father is. And so the boy says, okay, no problem. That's what I'll tell my teacher when the teacher asks the lineage. And so the boy goes to the Gurukula on the first day, you know, open house. And everybody is there. <laughs> everybody is there. All the children are there. All the parents are there. In this huge assembly, the teacher, he approaches the teacher and he says, Please teach me the Veda. You know, I have come to be a Shishya. And then the teacher says, Okay, what is your lineage? Who is your father? And the, and the boy just repeats what his mother says. My mother says that she was working in so many houses and she doesn't know who my father is. Without any shame, without any loss of face, without any pride. And the teacher is moved 
you know, beyond belief. And the teacher says, this is what we need. This is what someone who wants to study the Veda needs. This truthfulness will qualify you. So you are a real Brahmana, means Brahmani Charati, the one who is qualified to study Brahman, is Brahmana. He says, you have given the definition of the word Brahmana. You are the walking definition. And the teacher takes him, you know, embraces him and accepts him as a student. We very beautifully, you know, said. And then the same Satyakama, we don't know if it's the same one or later on it's the uh, another one. But I like to see the same one because it's the uh, certain kinds of things are indicated to see that it is the same one. Elsewhere in the Jhandogya. So here the, the young Satyakama was studying the first portion of the Veda to recite and everything. He went to Gurukula which is now called Veda Pathashala. And in the second one he is more of a teenager. He's a young man, he's a youth, maybe late teens or young man. And he goes, approaches either the same teacher or another teacher for the knowledge of the last portion of the Veda. Do you see why I like to see them as the same? Because of this, because there is a, there is a nice progression from the first to the last portion of the Veda. And the teacher hands him a cow. <laughs> and he says, don't come back for the class till this one cow uh, I, in the place of this one cow, I should see 400. And it's not so easy like go and exchange this cow for 400 cows and pay money at the cattle exchange market. No. The idea is you tend to this cow and then, then the cow has a baby. Then that cow has a baby. Then you know like this it becomes 400. Then Satyakama is quite dejected. He said you know what to do. And he's sitting there wondering, when are you going to become 400? The cow is grazing nearby. And then he sees, a, a, you know, there are all these stories. He sees a lion, you know, with a thorn in its paw, writhing in pain. Usually what would anyone else do, you know? Thank the, the Bhagavan that the, the, the lion is on its side rather than by your side and, and quickly make a graceful, you know, back away from there and make an exit. But since the lion is crying, he goes and removes the thorn and the lion doesn't hurt him. The lion says, what is your name? You know, Satyakama. So, you look a little dejected. What's the problem? He says, well, you know, my teacher said, um, I can't go back to the class and I'm so eager to know about Brahman. I can't go back to the class until this cow becomes 400 and you know I've been just looking at the cow it's only one cow so far and the lion says don't worry I will teach you a little portion of this Brahman and then teaches him then he meets a crane that has swallowed a fish the wrong way or something like that and takes out the fish and saves that and that also teaches him like this he meets three three animals all of them teach him a little bit about Brahman little bit about Brahman And then when he goes back to the teacher, the teacher says, looks like you know everything. I just have to bless you, that's all. And so that is the that is the Uttama Adhikari, correct? The one who is very close to knowing, just needs a certain, you know, transmission and everything is, is understood. That's why such Satyakamas and Shvetaketus and Shaunakas are just gracing the Upanishadic pages to give us an example. Now let us go to the other end of the continuum. Who is a Manda Adhikari? Manda means? <laughs> Slow, dull, you know. Who is the Manda Adhikari? Where? Or I, I shouldn't say who. Where? Where is the Manda Adhikari situated? The answer is again nowhere. Really. You know. Because the Manda Adhikari is an oxymoron of sorts. Why? Because if one is so Manda, then where is the Adhikaritvam? <laughs> Mandatvam and Adhikaritvam, they are just like contradicting one another. <laughs> Manda means non-Adhikari. Slow, dull, full of tamas. And then Adhikari means not Manda. So Manda Adhikari again is a, you know, those two are holding the continuum of the ideal type, archetypes of Adhikaris. 
who the uttama and the manda now we come to what is real which is madhyama adhikari <laughs> means neither here nor there and one can place oneself on the continuum whether i am closer to satyakama or closer to this manda fellow who as soon as you start saying sahanama babatu goes to be- goes to bed immediately that much tamas doesn't understand anything so most of the people are somewhere along this continuum meaning what that shravanam alone is not enough to enjoy this knowledge there will be lot of doubts because it's the mind filled busily filled with ragadveshas blocks resistances and then therefore mananam or removal of doubt is needed and then there are habitual orientations ways in which one used to behave before the knowledge that are coming in the way of assimilating the knowledge and enjoying oneself as brahman so nididhyasanam is also needed and so the practice of the upanishad is to give certain verses and mantras at the end to gain this nididhyasanam but here as i said we have a unique thing e- even before the teaching is being done in the meditation contemplation and meditation are both given number 1 number 2 it's also unique because the upanishad this particular upanishad employs a very wonderful way of teaching through the meditation yeah usually either you teach or you meditate you know here the meditation and the contemplative verses the meditative and the contemplative verses are used to not just for meditation but also they teach through that so now mantras 5 6 and 7 talk about uh, a mantra 5 talks about how to sit where to sit what to do etc and then 6 and 7 are meditative and contemplative verses but at the same time they also teach and very beautifully so we are going to do number 7 first or whichever one it is that starts with uma sahayam parameshwaram prabhum this is giving the vision of the shastra in a very very beautiful manner the vision of the shastra is not that the jiva is brahman that is not the vision the equation between the equation that is presented in the shastra is between jiva and ishvara bhagavan when you think or when you understand i am brahman not much happens you know because for two reasons because on the one hand you already know everybody knows to more or a greater or lesser degree more or less everyone knows that i am not the sum total of this body mind sense complex there is something there to attain there is something else that i am missing everybody knows that all you have to you know understand is you know see when people leave this world that's why you say the person has departed you say that departed means what they have left the body behind they have left everything behind all their possessions behind they have departed where they have gone we do not know so we say departed so that itself shows there is an awareness that i'm not as good as this body mind sense complex this awareness is there okay let it be there so what so nothing that's all and supposing one is told you know what is, what you are is brahman what is this brahman oh it is without limits it is the whole it is wonderful trust me you like it once you know it you love it so what happened as a result of this knowledge nothing happens because that brahman is not locally available to relate to to see the identity 
it is the very you know canvas which is projecting the identity okay and that is all right and that canvas happens to be self referential what we call self evident what we call self um, illuminating self evident that i am is evident to myself and all the things become evident to me and that i is revealed as not just this body mind sense complex but as you know brahman okay big deal this is only half the job it is like the wave being told you are not the wave you are water it says theek hai no problem but i'm still sad <laughs> so usually this this uh, portion of the teaching the teaching proceeds in a very methodical way the pedagogy is beautiful and so this portion of the teaching where the understanding that one is as good as the body mind sense complex is wrested from one's you know thinking and repatriated with this entity called brahman this is just half the job in other words it is called tvam pada vichara so when you say tat tvam asi there are three words in this sentence tat means that which is the cause of the universe ishvara tvam the miserable jiva which means you and then asi that you are asi is the equal sign so it 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 proceeds exactly as an equation and just like when you solve a mathematical equation you have to resolve whatever is on this side and then you have to finish deriving whatever is on that side to see the uh, that the apparent differences are overridden by the underlying identity not similarity identity so resolving the tvam side of the equation you know equates the tvam the tvam is now which was resting with the body mind sense complex in one's awareness rests with awareness itself yeah i am awareness i am brahman how beautiful that is but it's only half the job this is called tvam pada vichara tasmat therefore through this you are not going to drop the samsara okay i am awareness so what i'm aware that i'm sad okay now what are you going to do <laughs> i'm aware that i'm angry you'll just change your vocabulary correct yeah now this awareness that you are is equated to that which is the cause of the universe that alone has to resolve the helplessness so then from the other side what we do something very interesting operation so brahmana you know in brahman brahmani we do what is called ishvara siddhi yeah this siddhi literally means establishing ishvara doesn't have to be established ishvara is that which establishes everything else but here ishvara siddhi is a technical term here we are using so this you know you 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 see the brahman invested you see brahman see there has been a lot of questions even here in the question time what is brahman what is ishvara so all those questions are going to be resolved now you listen carefully so you see this brahman as the cause of the universe who is this you the one who feels caused the helpless jiva who is whose main impetus was to study vedanta was to resolve that smallness was to resolve the feeling that one was an effect that one comes under the spell of a lot of laws that one has not any chance to create are you able to create seasons no with great difficulty you can put one air conditioner and what happens to that third day it stops functioning you know that <laughs> that, that is the jeeva's lot you can't even control the climate in your own house you can't control the seasons 
you can't even control your own reasons for engaging in certain activity they also seem to be you know part of this mysterious psychological order that just comes out in the form of the unconscious and that's why one has to keep on apologizing to the significant other all the time no i didn't mean to say this no 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 what i meant was not this that no i i think i made a mistake let me rephrase that i am so sorry why do you have to keep saying this because all the things that come out of the mouth are a surprise not just to the listener but to the speaker <laughs> so constantly one is back back pedaling back tracking you know and walking like a crab sideways if you see the crab at the beach you know it 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 looks at you you look at it you know we don't know who is more scared <laughs> you know even though one is you know 100 times bigger than that poor crab one is sometimes more scared and you know animals they they can smell fear they can really sense uh, fear and when they sense fear it disturbs them you know and what they do when it when they get disturbed is not in anyone's hand it's only in bhagavan's hand so when they get disturbed you know they they behave in certain unpredictable ways and so the the crab you know what it does is it goes sideways even if it wants to attack let us say it it is upset and it wants to attack because it perceives a threat it will never go straight it will go sideways then it will go that way then it will go back and then it will push forward so like that the human being in relation to one's words and in relations to one's behavior to the ways in which one greets the jagat is equally confused goes this way that way everything is a surprise my own body is a surprised why because yesterday it was functioning and today it is not my own mind is a surprise so then the question is who is the giver of these surprises there should be some it cannot be random you know randomly the cells cannot come and form a kidneys that do such a wonderful job of eliminating the toxins randomly this another bunch of cells cannot come and you know form the brain how can they do that and if everything was in the hands of this randomness whatever that randomness we call that randomness bhagavan because there is nothing random everything is intelligently put together and if you want to call it by the name random that will become another ishta devata yeah that's all it is there's nothing random there is nothing by chance because it's so intelligently put together if everything was random i tell you you know the kidney cells will all come together and decide to become brain yeah nothing will remain because you know all the information will go out but that doesn't happen that's why the stem cell research is possible because everything the micro and the macro are so intelligently connected and so infallibly connected that you take a little piece and then it will grow it is just it will you can make it grow somebody you know they they lost one the ear the right ear they lost in an accident so they grew the stem cells of the ear on the person's own hand on the person's own forearm there are photos of it you can find this so first it looked like just a tumor that was coming out it looked a little scary and then you said oh this does it look like a embryo it looked like an embryo because the ear is shaped like an embryo and then it looked like a ear and then after it grew using the same person's blood cell same as it was nourished nicely then it was quote unquote harvested from there and put over here how can you do that if it is not if it is a random universe you cannot do that so you can from the stem cell you can do everything you have that master you know the master cells from which you can govern the the reculturing you can re you know populate what needs to be revisited you can repopulate certain you know things it's amazing it's just amazing if you look into the vastness of this you know all the problems go away
because the magnificence in the magnificence of this that nobody loves me you know just fades into the background because it's a silly notion how can you not feel connected when you see the connection you have to just be in awe there's no other way except to just be in total awe of what is and you see this that that when you look at the other side of the equation that this brahman is not just some you know awareness that is all over the place it's an awareness that is dynamic that is you know not just aware of the universe but is is manifest in fact it's that very awareness that is the, that has created the universe which manifest as the universe so it has become the universe no there is nothing unbecoming about this brahman on the other side of the equation we see that this awareness is is not just manifest as the law but it is also the niyanta niyanta means the one who is in does not come under the spell of the law the one who manages the law and on this side of the equation what do we have the helpless jiva always coming under the spell of the laws and that spell has to be broken that i am under the spell that is the only spell that spell is called maya that i am under the spell is the spell of ignorance and that spell is broken by the study of the upanishad which posits that you are not just this you know body mind sense complex you are that awareness and then on the resolving the equation on the other side we we find we conclude through the upanishadic sentences through the operation of the pramana called the upanishad we conclude that this awareness is nothing but that the uh, but that which is manifest as the law and as the giver of the law simultaneously without undergoing any change and that same awareness when it is engulfed by that ignorance of itself is manifest as someone who is coming under the spell of the laws how beautiful so this is how the teaching progresses it is not just you know um, you are brahman what this brahman is has to be understood because if this what this brahman is uh, is is not understood and then one is going keeping on saying i am brahman aham brahmasmi aham brahmasmi aham brahmasmi what will happen you'll just get a headache that's all if it's not understood you'll get a headache and so that that has to be properly you know determined and the determination of that is happening in these two magnificent verses so brahman is defined in a two fold way and both these definitions are in keeping with how the knowledge is unfolded in the upanishads one is called the definition of the swarupa swarupa lakshana the definition of the swarupa of the upanishad sorry brahman the swarupa of brahman the nature of brahman what is this brahman like i said it's not enough to say awareness what kind of awareness what is its essential nature essential means that you know uh, that which cannot be abandoned is called the essential nature that which cannot be given up is called the essential nature that which cannot be negated that which is here to stay so this is called swarupa lakshana of brahman then we have another definition which is called you know tatastha lakshana tatastha lakshana technical term swarupa lakshana also technical term so what is this tatastha lakshana another definition which a, a definition that is a working definition that applies at certain times but not at other times like you say somebody you know is a chauffeur 
Is that person a chauffeur all the time? No? Maybe drives somebody for, you know, a few hours a day, part-time or full-time. And then the chauffeur might go and play basketball. The chauffeur might go and play hockey. The chauffeur uh, may be having a life, uh, you know, outside this whole thing. Maybe the chauffeur is a Vedanta student. Maybe the chauffeur, you know, spends some time with the family. Maybe the chauffeur takes a vacation. Or maybe the chauffeur gives up the job of chauffeuring, retires or says, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm not doing this anymore. But the neighborhood will still refer to them, oh, that chauffeur's house, yes. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. So this is a definition, you can call it Tatastha Lakshana, a temporary de definition based on the so-called occupation or what it is famous for or what it does how it is known in the universe how is a person known in the world and in traditional societies this is how it is like you, if you are a village school teacher then even after you retire everybody calls you teacher 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 you know, you're not you're not a teacher anymore but still people call you teacher And like that, there are certain last names in North India. Naulakhiya. Naulakhiya means at in those days, ancient time, they had 900,000 rupees they had, which was a huge amount. And now the descendants of the Naulakhiyas may be, you know, maybe farmers, doesn't matter, who don't have two pennies to rub together, but they are still known as Naulakhiya. So this is a different kind of a definition, correct? It still defines the person. Where is the Naulakhya's house there? So, these are the two kinds of definitions also for Brahman. One is the definition of its essential nature and one is the definition of how it manifests in the universe. And the first one is called Swarupa Lakshana. The second one is called Tatastha Lakshana. And the Tatastha Lakshana, another way of understanding Tatastha Lakshana is to see, you know, it as that which comes and goes. That which is not intrinsic to Brahman. A definition that is not intrinsic to Brahman is called Tatastha Lakshana. A definition that is intrinsic to Brahman is called Swarupa Lakshana. Understood? So, Swarupa Lakshana, the, a definition that is intrinsic to Brahman. Tatastha Lakshana, a definition that is incidental to Brahman. Like if we say, pot is clay. What is clay? So, in terms, from the point of view of the pot, is clay incidental or intrinsic? Intrinsic. So that pot is clay. Is a, is its swarupa lakshana? Because it cannot give that up. Correct. Mm -hmm. And now, if we reverse that, from the standpoint of the clay, is pot intrinsic or incidental? Incident. <coughs> because the clay can be in the form of pot. Clay can be in the form of lid, figurine, Krishna figurine you can make out of clay, cup, saucer, so many things. While being uniquely itself, it as it were lends its existence to all these things. And so we have two definitions of Brahman likewise. So first we are going to see what is called the Tatastha Lakshana. Because both these are famous in the Taittiriya Upanishad. They are given very, very eloquently. And I will, before going into the Tatastha Lakshana, I will define, I will give the classic definition of both. So that you can 
see the how it uh, is presented in the taittiriya upanishad the swarupa lakshana first here brahma vida apnoti param the knower of brahman gains the ultimate so it has been decreed in the rigveda tadesha abhyukta kintad brahma what is this brahma satyam gnanam anantam brahma essential definition swarupa lakshana three words satyam gnanam anantam then the next chapter gives the tatastha lakshana bhrigu goes to his father varuna and says please teach me bhrigurvai varunihi bhrigurvai varunihi varunam pitaram upasasara please teach me about this brahman adhihi bhagavo brahmeti and unto him it was said tasma etat provaja unto him the father said what did he say yato va imani bhuta nijagante from which all beings have arisen have been born ye najata nijivanti by which all this is sustained all that is born is sustained yasmin prayanti abhisham vishantiti and resolving in whom everything is resolved tad brahma that is brahman tad vijignyasasva contemplate on that enquire into that bhrigu is told by his father and so this second definition that by which that which is the cause of the birth of everything in this universe has come from brahman alone and which sustains everything having given birth to everything and which resolves everything as well without undergoing any change this is what is called ishvara this is brahman as ishvara really and so that is explained here beautifully and this ishvara alone jagat niyanta the one who is the the one who is manifest in the form of the entire jagat so much so that we don't look for ishvara it is very unbecoming to look for ishvara why looker is ishvara looked is ishvara the process of looking is ishvara so you don't need to look for ishvara because ishvara is everything and everywhere then the question comes because of course everything is from the standpoint of the jiva correct if you tell me don't look for ishvara i'm not going to be satisfied and why are you not going to be satisfied if supposing somebody asks what will the jiva say the jiva will say how am i going to know this ishvara how am i going to relate to this ishvara if i do, if you tell me don't look everything is ishvara including the outlaw and the in-law that is not enough that is not enough for me how do i actually sense the pulse of that which which you are calling ishvara and so for that we see the orderliness in everything because we can we can objectify the order we can sense the order we can look into the order we can see the manifestation of the infallibility of that order and what do i mean by order laws endless laws this whole jagat is full of laws because everything functions in an orderly way we call it order you see the physiological order gravity gravity is uniform every body in you know in the, every celestial body has gravity 
even in the solar system that is what prevents all the planets from crashing into one another or just going and uh, into and falling into the sun everything has gravity and the gravity that is there on saturn or jupiter is different from the gravity that is there on earth and the gravity that is there on earth is so uniform that that is what allows one to walk to class or to sit in the class if supposing gravity was just not uh, predictable certain areas you could not step that means what or you don't know or you don't know when there is gravity and where there is gravity you cannot have any transactions immediately you know you would just be floating around you would be afraid to walk let alone drive or fly you would just be you know wondering what to do and it would be very dangerous so gravity is uniformly there everywhere you go it is you that is how you can plant the tree that is how you can build the house even in the most earthquake zone you can build the house because there is gravity yes sometimes it is shaken up but you can account for that as well and build the house of light materials so that even if all the ceiling falls down and the people living in the house it doesn't hurt them they are still able to come out alive so you know in places like japan even california there is certain building material codes which have become local laws and how do we know that these building material codes are what to be used because of the observation that if these kinds of codes are used if bamboo houses are made they are lighter and they will you know they can shake but they will survive the shaking but there in those earthquake areas if you make a concrete house you finished gone and so like this the the gravity and even if there is a fault pun intended <laughs> in the gravity in the gravitational force or in the way the you know uh, the, the earth expresses herself even that is measurable there is a long fault that whole it's called san andreas fault in the, in the california coast and that determines sometimes you know even though you cannot predict earthquakes very effectively but still there is a certain way it can be measured it can be understood the seismic activity can be understood and tsunamis the underground earthquakes can be understood and uh, you know yes you don't have a lot of notice but half an hour notice can be given okay get out of there now <laughs> you can evacuate in a hurry you can do all this why because of the utter predictability this is just you know wonderful then you have the whole anatomical order that wherever there is an eye it will see you see the eye of the tortoise you know always half closed and all these reptiles they have a certain kind of non moving eye the eye of the crocodile with waiting for you with its mouth open <laughs> it won't even move and it is actually like a, you know uh, which is uh, sometimes it is uh, you know there is a expression crocodile meditation because it is actually very contemplative only it is focused on the play, pray that's all yeah unfortunately it is focused on the contemplator yeah that is the, <laughs> that is the nature of its contemplation it's uh, focused on the it's meditating on the prospective meditator yeah who if if saved from its clutches will certainly become a devotee and a meditator so <laughs> but it will sit like this patiently and it will not show any excitement when the chicken or the you know the the hapless whatever animal passes it it will not say oh oh its eyes will not start moving and show excitement look at the intelligence behind this look at the intelligence it will remain like a sadhu you know samaha dukha sukha kshami all accommodative yesterday we were seeing samadukha sukha yes whether it comes or goes i am not i am just the same it will sit like it will sit like a sadhu then when it is slowly coming finished the briefest of struggles which cannot even be recorded on the on the national geographics the the, the finest of cameras <laughs> you have to actually put it in slow motion to see what was consumed 
you know was it a snake was it a little salamander was it a fish was it a chicken or was it a human being you don't know yeah finished gone and same thing with the python python also sits like sadhu waiting for you know waiting for things to come python also will just sit there with a the mouth half open sleeping looking to be sleeping and you know we learn to meditate from these animals only they are our teachers <laughs> they become our gurus because we observe we see this and the python is called a you know and in fact the sadhu has called got two kinds of vrittis possible vrittis means the way of moving in the world and and the sadhu is told be like the bee the honey bee or be like the python madhukari vritti or ajagari vritti ajagara vritti means be like the python whatever comes in the form of bhiksha swallow <laughs> don't move you know or be like the bee that goes from flower to flower so you can go from place to place and have your bhiksha this is what is given so we learn from the animals and the python is another very you know dangerous thing eats once a month but because it doesn't eat twice <laughs> yeah once in 3 4 weeks it will eat but that you know what it eats is a 100 pound thing so it one month it will last and then then if it has a stomach upset you know what it does it will wind itself around a tree i went to australia once i went to a conference and my god you know i went to an island and then you know there you know they said you know you can just take a walk it was some kind of a conference and then there was a break they said you know this is a very nice path to walk you can just walk and then the other end it will turn around and then you can come back so along with a few people i started to go on the path and then there was you know no disturbance at all and nothing out of the ordinary the path was a you know little green little brown with a few and it was fall so there was some dried leaves drying leaves in the ground was a little wet so wet dried leaves very beautiful some little red some maroon and yellow and so like this the the flora was on the floor and then suddenly something stopped me i just looked and there was this beautiful snake huge python afterwards we learnt i didn't know it was python huge across and not only it had the same colors the same colors brown black yellow maroon red with little bits of green in the same pattern but it had managed to flatten itself totally because snake means it should be bulging the thing was this thick and it had managed to flatten itself so either it had burrowed inside the thing or the snakes the reptiles have a way of flattening themselves it had flattened itself it looked like the part of the whole path something i don't know it was bhagavan that what alerted me was bhagavan really nothing else because there was nothing unexceptional about this path and i looked and then i said i think i should not take another step because i would have stepped on it and then i just watched and slowly it moved and now it it also knew that i have seen it and we have all seen it and we also knew it it had been seen and we have seen it so there was no need to hide anymore it it emerged <laughs> showed itself uh, showed its full girth to us and slowly went and thankfully it was full because you could see it had various bulges it had eaten something you know big <laughs> and had eaten something and then what it did was to relieve its uh, digestive system it went and wound up it crossed the road first of all and it took a long time to cross because the fellow is huge huge it was like a standing at a level crossing and waiting for a freight train to go by <laughs> really it was like that waited and waited and waited and it was not in the least bit interested in us it was it had its own uh, idea of what to do and then it when it reached the other side it started to climb on this tree and ring itself 
and then put its head very sweetly on a branch and then you know was falling asleep that's and then you know we said okay it's time to leave <laughs> it's time to leave so what is that if it is not bhagavan what is that that which you know made us walk that way bhagavan what uh, that bhagavan in the form of this whole anatomical order lying there you know like adi shesha lying, <laughs> lying there that same serpent which supports which becomes a mattress for lord vishnu lying there and uh, not giving that it could camouflage itself so deeply and become part of the road that intelligence because i want to survive and i will do anything to survive so that i'm not hurt if i am part of the whole scenery then and then nobody will know that whether i'm a predator or and then nobody will hurt me i will not become prey to anybody else this is so beautiful you don't have to look very far for bhagavan this is bhagavan that which made me stop walking bhagavan that which made it be full when we met it bhagavan <laughs> so many orders are there and that we were able to that it crossed the road and then it the tree was there for it to wind down uh, on and then relieve its uh, digestion digestive system bhagavan so beautiful and all the orders are in this om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 hari hi om shri gurubhyo namaha hari hi om